I got some good looking waves. Yes, I love the waves. Katrina and the waves. <laughs> it's from like 17 episodes ago. Yeah, woof. Actually, no, it would have been 14 because that was episode six. That's right. You're correct. Did Katrina and her waves ever do any other songs? I mean, realistically, probably. But once but popular that enough mattered? that Glee cared about them, no. Oh, they won Eurovision. Oh, dip. Good for them. The, the, 12 years after Walking on Sunshine came out, they won the 97 Eurovision Song Contest with the song Love Shine a Light. Huh. Good for them. <laughs> we could watch their their year of Eurovision for a bonus episode. <laughs> also, so so here's the, here's their history on Wikipedia. It's got prehistory, early days as The Waves, early Canadian success, Walking on Sunshine and international success, downturn and surprise comeback winning Eurovision, Dissolution, Impact of Hurricane Katrina. Holy shit. <laughs> that's buck wild. And they were like, well, that's kind of weird. But hope I hope that the true spirit of Walking on Sunshine will prevail. I would hate for the title to be tinged with sadness, and I will have to do my own part to help turn that around. I mean, I guess... <laughs> And then in 2011, they threatened legal action against Michelle Bachman for playing their music on the campaign trail. I mean, good for them. Yeah, exactly. In July 2013, Katrina rejoined the Waves to perform at the San Fermin Festival in Spain for the penultimate gig of the season on Plaza del Castillo. And that's it. I guess they were never seen again after 2013. They disappeared into the ether. They changed their identities and got roles on Glee. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to count? Yeah, let's count. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. Wait a second. (laughs) 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 I had already moved on to other things in my head and just started counting automatically. It's okay. I was like, I'm just going to go along with it and see how long they keep counting for. If we got to the 20s, I was going to be concerned. I guarantee at some point I'm going to release a podcast that is just counting. Yeah, there's a... Look, there has to be a counting podcast and, like, a random numbers podcast out there already. There's got to be. Podcasts are over. We're moving on to number stations. Oh, God. Oh, wait, no, shit. There is literally an entire... There is a podcast where, like, they used... They did, like, fake number stations to make up secret messages in the end of their episodes. It was like... It was like a science fiction podcast. I don't remember what it is because I listened to like four episodes of it over over a year and a half ago. But it was like sci-fi. This person traveled back in time and to like the 1950s where she became a scientist on like the Manhattan Project. And at the end of every episode, they do like a numbers, like a numbers radio station thing that then fans could decode to find out the secret message. Was it Ars Paradoxica? I think it was Ars Paradoxica, yeah. I, li- I didn't listen to enough of it to, like, understand why or decode them myself, but it's clearly interesting enough that it stuck with me. <laughs> Big shrug, though. Yeah. <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff this show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening 
You're listening to Loser Like Me Loser Like Me And welcome to Loser Like Me. This is a Glee recap and review podcast. My name is Christina, and I'm Funky. I'm Tanner, and I'm a loser, baby. So <laughs> I will not kill you. Swagon <laughs> <laughs> <So I'm> Pentador. <laughs> Perdedor. Pentador is, I'm 98% sure, something very different. <laughs> Hang on, let's bring up Spanish translation. Oh no. Oh no. It's either going to be something really dirty or really obtuse. I feel like probably really dirty. Where's the English? There it is. I'm a penter. What's a penter? I don't know. It just says I am a penter. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like it's a nonsense word that is spelled just right that it conjugates properly into Spanish. Probably, yes. <laughs> Linguistics are weird. Oh, and hang English on. And, and, and soy un pertador means I am a disturber. Perdedor. P-E-R-D-E-R-D-O-R. Or P-E-R-D-E-D-O-R. Okay, okay. Perdedor. Yes, because the verb for to lose is perder. Okay. Yes. It's the long-awaited return of Priscilla's Spanish (laughs) Corner. Thank goodness that Will was not singing this song. Hallelujah. Yes, indeed. (sighs) Soy un un comfortador. (laughs) (laughs) If you couldn't tell by our wonderful reintroduction of the Spanish Corner, for today we watched uh, episode 21 of season 1, Funk. I Honestly, I wouldn't be able to tell, because I, I barely know Beck, and I was certain that he was not Funk. Yeah. I, on, is, is this, is, is, I'm a Loser a Funk song? I don't think it is, and listen, on Wikipedia- I don't Wikipedia, think it is either. On Wikipedia, Beck is listed as performing in alt-rock, anti-folk, art-pop, Americana, alt-hip-hop, psychedelic rock, and lo-fi. Huh. But no fun- oh, never mind. Th- that's- okay, so the one section says those genres, but another section says funk, uh, folk, funk, soul, hip-hop, electronic, alt-rock, country, and psychedelia. The point is, take an edible and listen to Beck. Yes. Or how- take an edible and watch Glee. Oh god, that'd be a- that would be a trip. But since I'm not going to do it, if anyone does do it, report back to us. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we kind of mentioned about this before hitting record, but this is actually a pretty straightforward episode of Glee, so it would probably be a pretty decent trip. Like, you're, you're not going to get really out of it if you watch an edible, or if you take an edible and watch this show. <laughs> watch an edible and eat Glee. <laughs> exactly! <laughs> <sighs> this episode aired on uh, June 1st, 2010. And it was it was written by Ian Brennan and directed by Elodie Keane, who was back after having last directed the episode Bad Reputation. I think Elodie has a pretty good track record. So far, I feel like generally yes, because she directed Bad Reputation and Mattress and Mashup. Shout out to Elodie Keane. She makes competent television and, shows. And Vitamin D. Yeah, yeah, it still tracks. She makes competent TV. Yes, congratulations. <sighs> I'd like to open this with the recap that actually showed up on Wikipedia. Like, when I, because I literally just typed in Glee, like, Glee Wiki Funk 
so that I could like have the wiki up for pulling trivia after I finished watching the episode. Mm-hmm. And the summary that populated in was Mr. Schuster thinks he scored the upper hand over Sue, but learns hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Elsewhere, Quinn connects to her funky side. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, well, that's approximately what happened in this episode. So they hit us with a very, a a surprisingly concise recap, like, to start the episode. Because next time is regionals. Jesse left the privileged misfits, even though he's still kind of maybe in love with Rachel. Did you know that Quinn's pregnant? Did you know that Sue has a vendetta against Will? And Will is uh, still getting divorced from Terry. Yep. Yep. All that still happens. Mm-hmm. It's still happening. And it keeps happening. <sighs> so, but it does start with Mercedes, Artie, and Kirk walking down the hallway. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking, they're saying, hey, we've got, like, a good chance at regionals, because we have Jesse, so Vocal Adrenaline's lost a star performer, and all the judges know all the Vocal Adrenaline moves. So, like, all, all the all the chat rooms, all the Ohio, Ohio Showfire <laughs> chat rooms. From 2010. Yep, they they logged into the show, the Glee Club Discord, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh dang, New Directions! Th- this group that just formed that we barely know—they're gonna win." <laughs> Remind me to ask Riley later if there actually were show choir chat rooms in 2010. Oh my gosh, May- mayhaps. I feel mm. listeners. I feel like it'd be like a show choir slack. Listeners, if any of you were in show choir or around it in 2010, tell us whether or not you know if there were chat rooms. Gonna open up Pester Chum to talk to my Glee Club teammates. What the fuck is a Pester Chum? It's the Homestuck chat room. Oh no. But you could you could actually download it. Oh no. And you could you could do a like auto auto replacement so that you could have a typing quirk like all like the kids did. I mean, that part doesn't surprise me, and that's actually, like, a pretty fun way to help immersion. Which which is more obtuse, Glee or Homestuck? So anyways, hmm. Christi- anyway. Christina was- I could see all the gears spinning, like, oh no, we're gonna be here a while. This is bonus episode yeah. content. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, Rachel Electric slides out of another hallway. She's like, oh my gosh, you have to come quick. Come quick! Come quick, read this postcard, it has terrible news. <laughs> Uh, they all run into the auditorium, and Jesse's there with vocal Adrenian. Uh, Adrenian. All the Adrenians are there, <laughs> dressed the same, in blue, and Jesse's there too. Yes. And, and like, also, also there is Shelby Rivera, Harry yes. Shum Jr.'s wife. And I was like, hi, Shelby! Is she an extra, or is she female lead? She's an extra. Okay. She is, she is not the female lead. So yeah, Jesse's there with uh, Shelby, also with Lauren from So You Think You Can Dance, and also with female lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, hello, Rachel, I have transferred back to vocal and adrenaline. Womp womp. Also, time for us to exert our musical theater prowess in a display of dominance. Yep, they immediately start singing Another One Bites the Dust. Mm-hmm. It's good. <sighs> I'm I'm a little bit more take it or leave it on this one, honestly. I say it's good because it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's it's a perfectly acceptable ver- performance of Another One Bites the Dust. It's like it was weird because listening to it, it sounded 
like they were missing something vocally. Hmm. Like it said, it sounded like there was something missing from like the music part of it. Was it Mercedes? Are we so used to Mercedes giving backing vocals in so many New Direction songs that a a performance without them? (laughs) No, I mean, like, look, I always miss hearing Amber Riley sing when she's not involved in a music number. But like, it it was something else. Maybe it was that they were like, that there were so distinctly only three components to it. There were the backing male vocals, the backing female vocals, and Jonathan Groff. And that was it. (laughs) Maybe maybe that's the point. Maybe that was an in-universe decision. Maybe. To demonstrate that they're so uniform and perfectionist that they lack soul. They lack passion. They lack the funk. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. But, like, aside from that, their choreography is fine. It's a lot of running in, running across separate corners of the stage and jumping up and waving their hands a whole lot. Yeah, uh, Vocal Adrenaline does seem to run on the concept of we have twice as many members as you do. So we can make our dances look more elaborate, even though it's really just the the sound of so many people running. And yes, <laughs> I feel like if you were to mm-hmm. try and pull that off in an actual show car stuff, there'd be a lot of like squeaking and thumping running across the bleachers. I would pay good money to hear this number in specific be overdubbed with like the "How do you think you're gonna get along?" with like like squeak 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 thump 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 squeak 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 thump thump thump. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fine. Um I have two bits of trivia about this epi- about this musical number. Would you like to hear them? Uh no, no trivia ever again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't you have had... to ask for trivia. You can just throw it at us uh, with the same kind of reckless abandon that Glee throws plot points at us. Oh, okay. Okay. In that case then get ready because one of the members of Vocal Adrenaline um, was Kenny Warmold, W-O-R-M-A-L-D, uh-huh. who played Ren in the 2011 Footloose. Huh. Yeah. That nobody saw. That nobody saw. Because <laughs> Zac Efron dropped out. Oh. Yeah, that'd do it. He is Zephron. Yeah, Zephron decided he didn't want to be typecast in musicals and ended the entire movie's career. (laughs) Honestly, he has the right. But yeah, also, Jonathan Groff in the Behind the Glee video specifically described this number as a musical gang fight. I mean, not really? It's, I mean, it does have a certain, like, West Side Story vibe to it, but with less teeth. And I would I would say that a musical gang fight would involve two choirs fighting each other. And we will see one of those happen in at least season three. But this Ooh, is okay. very much just vocal adrenaline showing up and going, we're so much cooler than you. Yes. And the thing is that it kind of works. <laughs> because then the privileged misfits, like they, they march out of the auditorium and like, they're all bumped out, but at least they're all still walking together. <laughs> and they're like, man... This is like, oh, they're just so cool. And then I think Kurt was saying, like, it's okay. We they can't shake us. And then they walk into the classroom where it turns out that Vocal Adrenaline also uh TP'd the choir room and they are shook. Yep. They are they have been funkified. Yes. It's the funkification that Carmel High does every year 
to put the fear of God into their competition and mess them up right before competition. <laughs> yeah. By the way, this would be an excellent episode to do a drinking game for. Every time someone says funk? Yes. Yep, but you have to specifically say funk and, and like, not funky or funkification because then you would have blood alcohol poisoning and we cannot be held responsible for that. Yeah, exactly. Podcasts are not admissible in court. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, they while they all, like, clean up these hilariously massive piles of toilet paper, like, they're sweeping and they're just, like, shoving it into trash cans. Um, Rachel is blue screening and Artie is wearing, like, an M95 mask. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, which which was funny. Uh, yeah, and Will is like, how did they even get in here? And Sue arrives and she's like, yeah, I uh, I gave them the keys. And I also did a sound check for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> she is followed in by the A, not the AV club, the engineering club, I guess. It wasn't the engineering club, it was like the, the, the construction club or something. The drafting club. Yes, Whose whose uniform appears to be um, collared short sleeve white dress shirts and khakis or dark gray like dress pants. Their uniform is eighties nerd. Yeah, I guess they were out of glasses that had tape around the bridges. I'm pretty sure I saw one of them having a pocket protector. Probably. But yeah, Sue's like, I'm after you lose at regionals. I'm gonna demolish the wall in here and make this my adjunct trophy room. <laughs> For, to make room for my comically large trophy. Just like this one I'm holding here. Yes. And she and she mocks them. She says that she checked with yeah. her Vegas bookie and New Direction has a 40 to 1 odds against. Mm-hmm. And she, she says some more stuff to Neg Will, who finally reaches a breaking things point and then just chucks this trophy into the wall. All of the, all of the Glee kids like go, Oh! And, like, jump a little bit. <laughs> and then Will says, you dropped your trophy, Sue. Mm-hmm. And it's it's odd because it's the same kind of, like, rage-filled take that we saw back when he found out that Terry was, in fact, having fake baby and not real baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, merited on both occasions but it was just like a little bit odd to see like okay well now the glee kids all know what it looks like when will gets genuinely terribly angry but it's definitely played for hey this is a cool teacher will's a cool teacher because he's destroying sue's property yeah and like and she deserves it <laughs> i'll yes, admit she does deserve it and uh, <laughs> after after he breaks the trophy she's like it's okay i'll have more trophies they're like herpes Every now and then I just have a flaming hot rash of talent. And I'm just <laughs> like, okay, I guess. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after we deal with that, we cut over to the other issue in Will's life, which is Terry. Him mm -hmm. and Terry are signing the this divorce is... papers in Will's home. So, And I'm confused because, first off, I legit can't remember if he has a house or if it's just an apartment. It's an apartment. Okay. And also, this is happening, like, the same day as Sue coming in to, like, annex the choir room. <laughs> so he's not having a good day. Yeah. Um, but also the fact that they're doing it in his home, period. Because, like, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they should be doing this in the attorney's office. They really should. But they maybe they didn't have another set available. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that would make sense. 
They are also sharing an attorney, which I'm sh- I'm sure is a common practice. And I guess it's something that helps more with like an amicable divorce and also probably cuts down on costs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, d- I don't know why that's a random observation. I was just like, oh, hey, they're they've, they've kind of cooled down and now they just don't like each other instead of hating each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And it's it's a little bit weird because after they both signed the divorce papers and stuff, which is a very like we're going to stare at each other and sign the divorce papers and then just like maintain direct eye contact as we slide each other our own like the other copy um after they sign and stuff and the divorce lawyer is like i now pronounce you no longer husband and wife mazel <laughs> um before she leaves terry like goes over to will and she tells him like i still see you as a 16 year old boy that I first met so many years ago, and I'm like, hmm. that's, um, okay. that's 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 a special line that we're gonna set aside and bring back later. Yeah, uh, put a pin in it, listeners. So, but then the she leaves. Day, yeah, she leaves. Good. Uh, the next day, Will comes into the choir room. He's like, "Hey, any, hey, everybody, any regrets? Hey, hey, kids, you want to be my therapists right now? No, we're gonna be each other's therapists." See, I did write down, this week is all about regrets. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, we've all got him! And Rachel's like, I regret giving my heart to Jesse yet, because then he treated it like the Florida Stop concert. <laughs> and Quinn is like, I regret thinking that Trust Me was a valid birth control option. Yeah, I t- it took a while for that joke to land, because I was like, is Trust Me a brand of birth control? Oh no, it's just Puck saying <laughs> Trust Me. <laughs> Yeah. Good one, Glee. Yeah. <laughs> the whole point is then that Will's like, let's try our best so that then, even if we lose, we'll know that we tried real hard. But also, we should totally prank them back, guys. Yeah. Also, what if we pranked them back? Uh, what if <laughs> What if we stole their school statue? To which Kurt replies, their school statue is a bronze of a great white shark eating a seal pup. It weighs three tons. Mm-hmm. And I like that because that implies then that Kurt has already done the research and knows how futile of a task this is. <laughs> um, uh, Will tries to brainstorm some other ideas, but it zones out because Puck is having an internal monologue. And he's mm-hmm. like, I know all about revenge and fear and inflicting pain. And me and, me and Finn are fighting, but that doesn't mean we can't team up to protect the honor of New Directions. Basically, Puck is excited at the opportunity for violence, and so what they do is they go and they slash vocal adrenaline's tires. And then it immediately cuts to Figgins' office, and it's Puck and Finn and Will and Sue and Shelby, Mm -hmm. and Puck immediately fesses up because he wants to take credit for it. And because he's literally never heard of Innocent until Proven Guilty, apparently. Yeah. Uh, But then... Shelly points out that he slashed the tires on every single Range Rover that every single member of Vocal Adrenaline has because they have a mm-hmm. very lucrative booster club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are there are twenty, I think it was something like twenty-five Range Rovers. And apparently they slashed all of the tires on all of the cars. And Shelby tries to do some math real quick, but she's like something like two hundred times four times twenty-five is I don't have a calculator. <laughs> and everyone just kind of looks at her just like, I don't know. And then, and then Sue is like, we need to expel them immediately because 
uh, once upon a time in the 1800s, a young man (sighs) thought he was playing an innocent prank, but then he lit a cow's fire on fire and it exploded. And that man grew up to be the first gay president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. just such a bizarre connection of events. Like, okay, go off, yeah. Sue. Yeah, it, it's it's just this side of like Sue got her history education off the back of a cereal box. Sue was just mashing words together to make sure people are paying attention to her. Very true. Um, but uh, yeah. Shelby's like, nah, we don't have to expel them. They can just pay it back out of the Glee Club's budget. And Will's like, what budget? <laughs> um, and then Finn's like, we can get jobs, I guess. Yeah. F- Finn is over here just like, oh god, I don't want to have to tell my mom about this. <laughs> and and Shelby is like, Sh- Sh- Shelby looks like she might be genuinely, like, a little bit touched by Finn, like, saying, like, look, we'll get jobs, like, we'll- we will do our best to help pay to pay you back for this. And... You know, owning up to do the right thing. And then Figgins hits on Shelby? <laughs> yeah! He's like, Miss Corcoran is as wise as she is beautiful. And there's just an awkward silence. Where everyone's just like... Uh... And Shelby's like, I'm going to politely ignore that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then we can't end the scene before Sue nags Will again. I didn't even write down what it was. It Me was just neither. Weird. It's just, it happens. You can assume that if Sue and Will are in the same room, there's going to be some kind of nagging. Up until a certain point in the episode. Mm, yes, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, oh god, Sandy's here. Sandy's here. He's only here for one scene, though. No, no, he's not. Never mind. He came back. Ah, I was so distracted yes. by Sandy not being here that much that I thought he was in here even less. Yeah. Uh, Will's trying to buy some weed from Sandy, but Sandy refuses to sell to him because he's worried that Will will just walk off a parking garage if he's depressed while high, which I don't think that's how it works. I don't think so either, but, like, at least he's over here recognizing that at this point Will is probably clinically depressed, at which point in my notes I just have in all caps, THERAPY AND ANTIDEPRESSANTS! <laughs> but he does console Will by telling him vocal adrenaline has a weakness. It's funk! Yes. I was going to say, guess what the weakness is? It's country. <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine? I can't. Could you imagine them doing a song by the chicks? I can't imagine because Glee infamously never did a country episode. Really? Yeah. Like, people started getting angry I mean, about it by the end. I mean, they did kind of do... You could probably count Home as half a country episode. They did some country-esque songs... Okay. But no, they never specifically said, this week we're paying tribute to country. And yeah, by the end of it, everyone was furious that they had never done a country episode. Really? Huh. (sighs) But no, it's funk. Can someone use funk in a sentence? Yeah, and I think Rachel took that line. It was something about like, oh, this... Something about, oh, this this thing is funky, and then Puck made what a mis... Uh, Rachel says, this cheese is, smells funky. And Puck says, that's because it's, that's it's from under cheese. Which I didn't get, but I'm assuming it was a sex thing. It, it's not a sex thing. So, you know what? I'm not going to go into detail. It's not a sex thing, but it, yeah, no, never mind. Never mind. Okay. Okay. They All this is to say that he does, he says, uh, he tries to make a <laughs> joke. And then Rachel yells, shut it, Puckerman. <laughs> which I, which I found delightful. 
And then Will's like, no, vocal adrenaline's got us in a funk with their funkification. So we have to funkify them back by bringing the funk using funk music of the funk genre. Mm-hmm. My, my note here is, damn, this sounds different when a white man's explaining funk, huh? Yeah, especially when he said that they're going to turn their funk into funk with a P. Yes. And then he says, like, oh, let's show how soulful we are because vocal adrenaline is made of automatons. And Mercedes is like, yeah, I got you covered. And then Quinn says, but what if I want to be funky too? <laughs> <laughs> and the... And then Quinn, Quinn tries to, and then Mercedes is like, it even sounds funny when you say it, Quinn. <laughs> yeah, and, she's... And... <laughs> okay, so Mercedes says that when white people try to get funky, that you, you end up with Casey and the Sunshine Band. And Art is like, oh, but I love boogie shoes. And then Quinn's like, Mercedes' racism aside, I will have something prepared for tomorrow. Now, this is, <laughs> we're going to discuss this, but I want to hold it until a later scene. Again, we're putting a pin in this, but just because yes. I want to talk about with the whole picture. Yeah, yeah. This is something that made me go, but I, in the I, moment. But by the end of the episode, I was like, I was like, okay, this is less bad than I thought it yeah, was going to be. It's, it's not supposed to be intentional, but it is supposed to make you go, hmm. It, the glee lines that make you go, hmm. Yes, this was one of them. Um, And then afterwards, like, uh, I can't remember if Will pulls Rachel aside or if Rachel pulls Will aside. I think Will it's pulls, Will. Will pulls Rachel aside. Yeah, yeah, he just wants to check in and see how she's feeling. And she says mm -hmm. that she wants Jesse to be eaten by a lion. I screenshotted that. <laughs> <laughs> because, it, because it made me genuinely chuckle. Because like, he's like, oh, how are you doing with race, with like Jesse and everything? And she's like, I want him to be eaten by a lion. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that intense. It was just so matter of fact. I think that might actually be one of LED's strong suits when it comes to directing. I feel like her episodes have the good one-liners because she gets the people to deliver them so deadpan, so dryly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very true. There's a, there's a desert of wit in her episodes. <laughs> Uh, but then Rachel, she she starts doing a, a Rachel rant about how he's destroyed the heart of the team. Mm -hmm. and break then, the heart of the team's heart and you break the team. Yeah. And Will is like, whoo, this gives me an idea. Brain blast. Yes. And so we fast forward, <sighs> we fast forward to that evening where the, cho <sighs> the choir room is in mood lighting. Uh, Will is there working, allegedly working on music stuff, and Sue has entered because someone told her to meet her there to discuss an illegal hot Cheetos ring, because they're filled with endorphins. Oh, I thought it was that she was, like, just trying to get everyone out of the school first, so that she could have her illegal meeting in peace. Something about point, illegal hot like, Cheetos. Yeah, yeah, something about an illegal hot Cheeto ring, which, like, weirdly, I feel like was a thing in, like, 2009 and 2010. Really? I I I feel like I remember something about like it was either it was either Cheetos or Takis being like oh these are so hot that we can't have them in schools because there's a chance they could cause actual medical concerns. Oh, uh, that is actually ringing a bell for me. I'll Google it later. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is the point where I just I just muted my entire computer. And I yeah. just learned what was happening through subtitles and occasional glances at the screen. <laughs> yeah, and I, ju I just uh, went to another tab and listened to it. So I feel like 
between the two of us, we can put together. But also, here's here's what you know about the scene. Will's Will's plan is to get back at Sue. His plan to get back at Sue. If, <sighs> step one: seduce her. Step two: question mark. Step three: profit. <laughs> now I've already blanked out most of this. Did he sing "Tell Me Something Good" or "Let's Get It On"? Tell me something good. Bow bow. And he he specifically says something to the effect of like Sue, I need your I need your approval on this Glee Club number, even though I've literally never asked for your creative input on anything ever before. And he during the song he like he grinds against the piano, and I want to tell Brad <laughs> <laughs> disinfect it. Yes, Brad, please disinfect the piano. And he kind of like flirts in and around well not in and around he flirts with and around sue he starts he flirts in her general area yes and my my last note here is i'd like to take this entire musical number and then trade it for another verse and chorus of another one bites the dust please yeah yeah um and then after that sue is visibly visibly shaken but also like clearly a little aroused yeah and Will's like, how was that number, Sue? Was it too raunchy? And she just goes, I don't know. I wasn't listening. I was bored. Goodbye. Yeah. Which, to be fair, I, I, if, if Will Schuster performed this in front of me, I also would have just completely turned off my ears. Probably also <laughs> would have. And sensory <laughs> You would have pressed legal charges. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then I unmuted the episode. Um, we're in Sheets and Things. Yes, we're in Sheets and Things because because Finn and Puck got jobs working under working like under Terry's direction, and they're they're like she's teaching them how to fold like a like a sham or something like that, a pillow sham, and then she's like, "Did you know that I'm divorced? Does Will ever talk about me?" And they're like, "Yeah, all the time." Yeah, and. She's like, well, I only hired you as a favor for him because I need more sales so I can be manager. Yeah, and because you, and because you two would work for less than immigrants, which I, I feel like that line is satire. I mean, probably, but also, oof, possible in yeah, also definitely woof, but also um, that probably neither of them would be smart enough to try to negotiate for fair or higher wages. Yeah. God, what an episode this would turn into if Finn and Puck unionized sheets and things. Oh, that'd be great. They could actually get Do You Hear the People Sing in there. <laughs> Which, the, the famous funk number, Do You Hear the People Sing? <laughs> Build a barricade made out of rolled up towels. <laughs> um, then Howard comes up. And yeah, he... Howard Bamboo from episode uh three. Yeah, he was in Acafellas. Now he's back. Um, and then he tells he goes to Terry and he's like, Terry, the guy who gave me Bell's palsy is back again. Which is a wild line because Bell's palsy isn't contagious. I did not know what it was, but I assumed it was just something they just kind of went on like WebMD and hit random a couple times. I mean, it, it, like any palsy, it's not contagious. It's an inherited neurological disorder. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Like like cerebral palsy, but different. Okay, okay. But you no. go, you don't catch a palsy, I can tell you that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but Terry's like, you need to help him, he's our best customer. Uh, and then it turns out that said customer is Sandy. Yes. Who 
when Finn and Puck go over to help because Howard's like, I'm not, I'm not working for him. Howard pulls seniority over the two of them. Which is good. Go Howard. And then their Sandy is like, I, okay, so this flamingo-shaped toilet brush holder is amaranth pink, but I need a rose pink. It wasn't a flamingo? It was, it was, a, I, I thought it was a dinosaur. I don't know exactly what it was. It was, it had a, it had a vaguely animal-shaped face on it, and then it had something that you could, like, rest some kind of a handle in, so I'm assuming it was either for, like, a toilet brush or a plunger. Some manner of ugly theropod-shaped toilet dispen- toilet bowl- toilet brush holder. Toilet accessory. So basically, uh, Sandy pulls a Karen, <laughs> and he- he says, I am the customer, you are the dumb, stupid employees, and you must serve me. Also, where's my music? Like, How am I supposed to shop without my Kenny G? Yeah... And to answer this, um, Finn, uh, Finn and Puck just kind of walk away and Puck turns on the stereo and they start into Loser. By Beck. Which, yeah, by Beck. And it's a little bit odd because everyone in the sheets, in the linens and things, excuse me. No, it is sheets and things. Oh, it is sheets and things. It is sheets and things. (laughs) Okay. Everyone in sheets and things joins in. And it's kind of fun because it's like Puck walking around the store playing his guitar. And at some point, Finn joins in playing like air guitar on a broom. And they end the musical number with employees and several customers just like, just like, not, not snake, not like standing around, but like posed around the cash registers. And they're all just looking at the ceiling going, why won't you kill me? <laughs> and, and then and, it cuts back to Puck in like coming out of his imagined spot, still playing air guitar. Mm-hmm. And then Terry is like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you've done this." Did Did you mention Finn playing the broom? Yes, I did. Yeah. But he comes around. And he's just strumming this tiny broom. Mm-hmm. 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 Which was cute. <laughs> and fun fact: this is the only time that Terry sings in the entire show. Yep. Which I don't. I don't even know if Jessalyn Gilsig sings anywhere in life. I don't know either. Because so here, fun fact: Jessalyn Gilsig, who plays Terry, she was in Quest for Camelot, and her character has a song, but her singing voice was Celine Dion. Really? Huh. Huh. Um. But yeah, she then she turns around and she sees Will in a sheets and things uniform, and he's like. Miss Schuster, can you help me fold this fitted sheet? And she kind of shakes her head and she looks back and it's actually Finn. <gasps> and then and, she's and like... And then she, she asks Finn how old he is! And he's like, oh, I'm just 16. And she's like, huh. And she has a smile that almost had me dialing 911. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how we're supposed to take this. My my notes for this were, uh, but then she sees him as Will, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, all caps, and then asks how old he is? Um, uh, carrot, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, Q, question mark, exclamation point, pound sign, question mark, L, K, L, colon, C, space, exclamation point, quote, R, J, quote. <laughs> 
Did you just punch your keyboard a few times? Yes. <laughs> I hope it survived. Because I I think it sounds like we are both um thinking of the direction that Ser- that that Terry is now just unhinged enough that she was going to try and pursue Finn as a romantic interest. I am going to make a new baby. We both were terrified by the prospect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, so let's go to something that's slightly more palatable. <laughs> so Sue is writing in her diary. Um, yes. We see a glimpse of it where she's like got a detailed cartoon of Will being decapitated in a guillotine. Yes, I did screenshot that. Um, and it, I had the episode muted again. So it was basically Sue, Sue saying, Dear Journal, I am now interested in Will Schuster sexually. I mean, she had some good lines because it starts off with Dear Diary, I've, I felt something below the neck. Yeah, that one's good. Um, and then another good line was, she's I've all... I've often imagined waking up with Will Schuster's head next to me, but now I picture it attached to the rest of his body. Yeah, that that one was good. That one was good. And then Will comes in, and she's like, what do you want? And he's like, oh, I saw your tracksuit this morning, and I bought you some flowers to match. And she's like, these are gas station garbage flowers. And he just tosses them aside. Well, I also bought you this. And he holds up, like, this tub. And yes. <laughs> I, I got you... Your favorite flavor of extreme lifestyle carbo gels in apple teeny. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and he puts the he puts the moves on Sue and sh- he says like, "Oh, I was thinking about what I want in life, and the only thing I want is Sue." And my note here is just, "Fuck, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this." <laughs> and then he invites her out to go for he invites her to go to breadsticks with him on a date. On when yes. the the Wednesday before the nationals, uh, the cheerleading nationals, and as he leaves, like, hey, you know what Wednesday is? Uh, what? It's hump day. It's hump day. It's goddamn hump day. And now I'm never gonna be able to send my friends another gif of the Geico camel doing it's hump day. I'm never gonna be able to not hear that phrase and think of the time they made Matthew Morrison say this with his only mouth he will ever have on an episode of Glee. Hey, hey, Christina, you know when our episodes normally come out? <sighs> oh, hump <no>! day! <laughs> No! Air this episode on a Thursday! <laughs> um, this, is, this is mostly for the bit. <laughs> we uh we go back to Sheets and Things, where Terry has, I guess, pulled Finn aside to teach him how to fold a fitted sheet. Yeah. And he's like... As, as, previous, as has previously been established on Glee, Finn is not good at learning things. No. But but this time he says, Oh, He's very aw shucks in this entire scene. He's like, "Oh, Miss Schuster, I'm sorry. I just can't fold a fitted sheet because I'm too distracted by Glee. And then Terry is like, Glee is the black mold that thrives upon my life and my dreams. And then she she, she does do a roll backspace. She's like, sorry, my, my mistake. I have, a, I have a compulsive need to destroy other people's dreams. And, and like, he's like, yeah, that's what Will says. Oh, but but I think you're awesome. And you'd be a total milf if it weren't for the whole faking a mother thing. <sighs> and I think I think it's at this point where Terry's like, you know what? I've made several mistakes. What if I treat this child as a child and not some kind of weird Freudian replacement? Will 
Yeah. And then she's like, what if I help you on your Glee assignment? So let's go to the iTunes and look up Funk. Let's go to that service that is responsible for half our budget. Yes. Half of our profit and look up Funk. Yes. And like, this this is something that I learned from the actual Wikipedia page, that apparently the direction that Ryan Murphy and Jessalyn Gilsig were trying to go for this, for like the Terry and Finn thing, was that she was like, I want to be Finn's fairy godmother. I want to help him. But like, yeah. I mean, it makes sense by the end of this scene, but yeah. what a weird misstep to start it out with. Yeah. Yeah. Then she promotes Finn to assistant assistant manager, which means that he now has seniority over Howard. And then Finn has a little like, oh boy, <laughs> smile on his face. Finn's, Finn smiles in a way that means, I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Time for a number that was more rough than I remembered it being. You know, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's not that it's a bad number, it's just it was more rough than I remembered it being, with the rose-tinted glasses of remembering, hey, do you remember when I when I liked Glee and was actively watching it <laughs> in 2009 and 2010? So, we're in the Glee Club, and it is time for Finn's number, no, or not, we're in the Glee Club, <laughs> and it is time for Quinn's number. <laughs> Could you imagine Finn singing this? Finn, Finn in a moment of self-clarity. <laughs> Finn, Finn's brain cell did the did the window screen saver thing. It landed in a corner and sparked a thought in his brain. Imagine, imagine him doing this with the same choreography. Oh god, that'd be fun. Um so um. so Quinn gets up and she does a whole speech about how rough she has it being a pregnant teen in the hallways. She's constantly oppressed by the man. Mm-hmm. And so because she, she's fat and she's pregnant without being married. Yep. And so all these other pregnant teen girls who we've never seen before sidle in. And I don't mm-hmm. know if they're real pregnant or if this is just like Quinn gave them all baby bumps for, you know, the aesthetic. In universe, I'm sure they're probably supposed to be as pregnant as Quinn is. Yes. Ev- and she calls them the Unwed Mother Connection. It's the Unwed Mothership Connection, which is a play on the album Mothership Connection, which is yes. a funk album. My my note here is the Unwed Mothers, the Dreamers, and me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess they all got pregnant in at the beginning of the school year, or just before. Yes. Yeah, and now they're all now they're all approaching the end of their third trimesters. Yep. Um, so Quinn sings It's a Man's 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 World. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing, is like th- like I like this song, but in my opinion, the choreography and staging takes away from it. They're <laughs> Be- partially because like the dan like the backup that she has from the unwed mothership connection is that all of these teens are like supposed teens are like rolling around on the floor and they're like doing lots of caressing and framing their baby bumps that even you Tanner can't see because it's too far below my camera they 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 um, pair up and do like the baby bumps orbiting each other as they go high and low yes 
And they do delivery breathing, like the he, 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 hoo, hoo, hoo. And I did get a screenshot of that subtitle happening. That's, that was so weird. Um, yes. And th- they even do the thing where, like, they, they, join, they join hands, like, crosswise and then kind of grapevine across the stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and all the while, Diana Agron is doing her best, but I don't think she quite has the range. She, when she tries to get those high notes, it doesn't quite work. Yeah, I think she did a good job with it. Was it, like, as good as it could have been? No, but it was still pretty good. She did the best she could for the vocal range that she has. Yes, that is true. I would say the song works in-universe, because it's Quinn trying to make a point. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole time, like, we cut to some reaction shots. Uh, Puck is mildly concerned, and Finn is desperately trying to understand what's happening. Um, Mm -hmm. Mercedes looks like she's, like... Her, her gears are turning, and Ari's just like, yeah, it is a man's 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 world. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the number, everyone except for Mercedes gets up to, like, hug all of the pregnant teens, including Quinn. And then Quinn just still looks kind of dead in the eyes. <laughs> because she, the, that choreography took a lot, out, a lot out of her. I mean, I guess. She's carrying around a baby that's gonna be born next week. Not much of a spoiler at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But here is a spoiler that I didn't know until I was on the wiki. This is the last time that Quinn gets a solo until season three. But okay, but just a solo. Like, she gets solos in songs, and she gets a lot of duets. Okay, good. Like, it's not the last time she sings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think that it would be the last time that she sang ever. But I'm like, oh man, she doesn't get us like another on her own solo until season three. Yeah, it's like which it's, like it's unfortunate, but it makes sense just because like Quinn was in her biggest role in season one, and after that, it was like they almost didn't know what to do with her. Boo! I'm sure we'll have thoughts about that when we get there. Yeah, the uh, tune in the three years. Yeah, or two years. Yeah, depends. We'll figure it out. We got, sho- we, we got shorter seasons than Morphin Grid. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, we also, we post, we uh, we update at a quarter of the pace. Yeah, but still. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, time for All around me are familiar faces Worn out places Yeah, but it's the Italian cover. I can't translate that into Italian. I didn't take Italian. I took Spanish. Sue, Sue is a breadsticks, um, and the waitress is like, you need to order. And Sue's like, my date will be here soon. And the waitress is like, you've been stood up, you fool. Mm-hmm. And, like, credit where credit is due, um, Jane Lynch, she looks fragile here. Yeah. Which is, like, something that we've very rarely seen Sue be. Exactly. Um, and also, her her date outfit is her normal, is her red and white tracksuit paired with a pearl necklace. Exactly. Adding one piece of jewelry is the only addition. Exactly. That it needed. <laughs> uh, so then she storms to a Will's apartment, and Will's just, like, sitting, eating Cheetos while watching the game, and he hears the knocking, he's like, yep, right on time. And uh, yep. Sue's like, how dare you make a mockery <laughs> of me in breadsticks? She's she's she does like the the Lucius Malfoy from a Harry Potter sequel. Like, how dare you? <laughs> ah. 
That reference is for approximately five people, including Tanner and I. No, it's not for- I've never seen them yet. <gasps> Season two bonus episode. Clearly. Um, so, so then Will's like, yeah, I did hurt you. That was the point. You're a bully and you're not nice to kids. And so I give you a taste of your own medicine. Mm-hmm. And then he's- And she's like, <gasps> And she leaves. Yep. Uh, but the next day, uh, Will comes into school and he sees Santana uh-huh. just bawling and her hair looks terrible. Yes, and she's like clutching a box of tissues and she just kind of like careens across the hallway and then slumps against the floor. And and Will is like, what the fuck is going on? Because other Cheerios walk by and they also look they also look like they've been recently through a very terrible breakup. Yeah. And he's and he sees Kurt, who is, you know, fine. In as good of a state of mental well-being as he ever will be. Yeah, Kurt's like, "Listen, w- something happened to Sue. We haven't seen her in days. We haven't had any practices, and I'm fine because I have Glee Club. But none of these girls have any other cur- uh, cur- extracurriculars, and at least three of them mm-hmm. are going to lose their scholarships if we don't win nationals. Mm-hmm. And so they yeah. become unhinged." Yes, and this is delightful because at at this point, I think um, Brittany kind of careens across the screen, wearing her uniform backwards and like clutching onto Jacob Ben Israel and saying like, "Love me, please love me," <laughs> <laughs> which is like a good bit of physical comedy on her part. Yeah, and then Will's like, "Ah, that's mildly concerning." Anyways, Finn and Puck, I hear you have prepared a musical number for us. What is happening? Yes, and they're like, and we are recruit, and we would like for Mercedes to help, please. Yeah, and they they've got like all three of them have some bling on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they start they start singing "Good Vibrations" by Marky Mark and the Funky Bush. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a fun number. It is because like they like Puck and Finn even do some of the choreography. Like, look, Finn's doing choreography! Finn Finn is dancing and he's not falling over, and I'm very proud of him. Yeah! And Mercedes kills it, and they're they're very much so hamming it up to play to their audience of their their fellow classmates. And they're, like, everyone's having a good time. (laughs) Even Santana and Brittany are enjoying it, even though, again, this is the same day. So they're, they're still looking, like, extremely bedraggled. Yes, I think Heather Morris wasn't even wearing any makeup in this scene, <laughs> which like just shows how just like how depressed all of the Cheerios are. <laughs> um, at one point, while Finn is singing, Puck is doing a dance that is very similar to the one of the WAP dances. Oh, see, I had a note where at one point they almost dabbed because <laughs> <laughs> they did everything that you need to do for a dab, except for like tucking the head down. Yeah. Um. It's, like, the one I'm thinking of, it's Puck crawling across the floor, and, like, with, like, he'll, like, like pull himself forward on his forearms, and then kind of, like, do a hip thrust against the ground. I'm like, this is very oh, similar okay. to one of the WAP moves. Okay, okay. I haven't actually seen the music video, so I'm gonna take your word for it. You should watch but it. Yeah. It's very wet. I assumed! Um, but Will is like, Great job, guys. I'm always a fan of white people rapping, but that was not a fun song. <laughs> and then Artie's like, we're so clinically depressed, we're not even looking up the right genre of music. And even Mercedes looks ashamed at that. She's like, damn, he's right. I sang a white boy song. 
It's okay, Mercedes. I forgive you. <laughs> I for I forgive you because it was a great song. That's true. She did very good. I would not have wanted anyone else to be singing lead vocals on that song. Yep. Um, but then she does uh, come up to Quinn in the library. Yes. And it's my basically... notes for this. My notes for this scene start with all caps. Mercedes and Quinn scene. Because friendship. They're basically hashing out the events of the week, and Quinn, she doesn't explicitly say that she is retracting the the reverse racism card, but she does, mm-hmm. like, imply that she, did, like, didn't intend to play it, because... Yeah, she's like, she says everything except for a holy shit, I am so sorry. Yeah. Mercedes is like, hey, so- sorry for being mean to you initially, you do kind of understand what... You can have little an oppression as a treat. <laughs> and Quinn, Quinn's like, thanks for understanding where I thought I was coming from, but honestly, my nine months is nothing compared to you going through a whole bunch of bullshit your whole life. How do you not mm-hmm. just snap at people all the time? Yes. And Mercedes is just, like, extremely great, like, extremely graceful about the whole thing. Like, I and am rising she's... above it. I do not care about them. Yes. And then she's also like, I think that you, and, like, Quinn says something about, like, oh, and, like, don't even get me started on Puck's mom. And Mercedes is like, what if we get you a, what if we get you into a space where you can have these feelings and be upset and process them in a healthy way? And I'm there. It's my house. Move in with me and my family. My mom already said it's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And also we have a spare room because my brother moved out for college and my note here is also maybe get some therapy. <laughs> and they have a cute friendship fist bump. Yay! Yay, friends! Yay, healthy friendships on Glee! Uh, then we cut to, this is Sue's house. It is fucking yes. full of trophies. Um, yes. And then Will is there, and the door is entered by her maid. Now, okay, here, th- here's an aside. Her maid is played by Tanita Castro. Who yeah. is she? Okay, so she's an actress that only I know, pretty much. She was okay. mainly a character actress who just did small roles and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and I know her from this sitcom on NBC from eight years ago that starred Matthew Perry and Lauren Benanti. It was called Go On. It was about a, a group grief counseling, a, a, a grief counseling group therapy group. Okay. And she was one of my favorite people on there because she played a woman named Fosta. And, like, she, it did play into the funny foreigner bit because she mostly spoke in Spanish and broken English, but it got to, at a certain point in the series, the characters kind of like, oh, you're just faking it when you try to misunderstand us. Um, like, one of the main characters was a lesbian, but, uh, Fosta, the character's name, she's constantly trying to set her up with men. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> there's, there's, no, but it's, it's played for laughs, and, like, she's pretty, okay, uh, okay. she's pretty sure that Fosta's just doing it on purpose, and she's like, listen, I, I looked up the translation just for this. Soy lesbiana! And Fosta's like, no, you're thinking of a different word. I'll tell you what that means later. <laughs> there's also a, a joke where whenever someone takes a picture, she immediately does a sexy duck face. And <laughs> they showed a montage Aww. just clipping through different pictures, and it's all her doing the same pose. Um, that sounds delightful. And, and unfortunately, she passed away in 2016. I was really sad because, like, no, oh, Vasta! No. So, yeah, t- uh, Tonita Castro plays Sue's maid, and she has like 30 seconds of screen time, and I immediately astral projected to eight years in the past. <laughs> she's not even, like, she's barely relevant to this. Yeah. Um, 
it's it it is she does have a good scene here because she uh she lets will in and they have i i was so glad they did not make fun of her for being like oh look she's hispanic and she's the maid yeah but it's it's a very nice little scene because she's like okay i'll go check with will's like can i go see sue and she's like let me check and then she says okay head on back and he thanks her in spanish which was accurate spanish for once <laughs> the, the only example in the whole show <laughs> um but then will goes in to see sue in her bedroom where she is lying in bed cuddling a giant trophy and yeah he's like I, i'm so sorry sue i was trying to hurt you the way you hurt me but i didn't realize that it would have negative effects on the children mm-hmm and she's like, I have realized that I am lonely and that I would like companionship. Yeah. Even though it wouldn't be with you, but you would make a good trophy husband. Yep. And I do love me a trophy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Will's like, listen, your kids love you and you care enough about, you care about them. That's why you have so many trophies. So I am officially mm -hmm. po apologizing. Um, destroying you did not work the way it w did. And I respect you as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then sh this this is galvanizing enough to Sue that she then goes like, Imbelda, make me a protein shake. No, two, to go. And in the background, Imelda does a little victory cry. She goes, hooray. <laughs> it's a nice scene. It, it It is a surprisingly nice scene. Scenes where Sue acts like a human being are nice in a vacuum and make no sense in the greater scope of things. Exactly. Um, and then, so now it's, I don't know when, when or where we are. Well, I know where we are. We're in the McKinley parking lot because, yeah. uh, Jesse calls Rachel. Time for the scene that I took the most screenshots of. Oh boy. Jesse calls Rachel and he's like, meet me in the parking lot as soon as you can. And she's like, mm -hmm. she doesn't say anything, but she's like, oh boy, he's going to take me back because he still loves me. And, and she closes her bedazzled within an inch of its life flip phone. Oh God, I want one of those. I know, right? <laughs> but then she, like, she finds absolutely nothing suspicious about this, and she, like, slow-mo runs to meet him in the parking lot. And I'm really surprised they didn't just get chariots of fire for this scene. They could have done, like, the acapella backing choir that we haven't heard since, like, episode three. They could have, but they didn't because they're cowards. Um... And also, he's in the same outfit that he was wearing when he did Another One Bites the Dust. Because mm -hmm. everyone from Vocal Adrenaline is in the same outfits because they sl they slow-mo appear behind and around Rachel and begin mm -hmm. pelting eggs at her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this, this entire scene gives me the same vibes. Uh, well, not the same vibes, but similar vibes to when Kurt had to slushy himself. <laughs> A little, yeah. It it has that same kind of like, oh, I'm doing this because of social pressure. Yeah, well, because they're all here to like make fun of Rachel. Especially the way and we uh, the end the scene because okay, so first off, female lead. I, I need to point out, yes. female lead never gets named in anything. She's just the vocal adrenaline female lead. So female Which lead sucks. Female lead is like you're vegan, aren't you, Rachel Berry? That means all of those chicken fetuses are on your conscience. Which is like. Yikes. Not how eggs work. <laughs> Unless yeah. you specifically went out of your way to buy fertilized eggs. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, 
the idea that they were like, let's specifically hurt this this vegan person with animal products is yikes. But also, they don't realize that eggs that you buy in a store are normally unfertilized. Yeah. I, I remember back in the day reading someone's critique of this scene and they're, they're made like it ended with like they had a whole bunch of examples of why it didn't work the way that the writers thought it did. But it ended with a missed opportunity to refer to eggs as henstration. <laughs> oh, that's good. But yeah, but then they're like, Jesse, now you must break the final egg on Rachel's head to prove that you are no longer part of uh, New Directions and you no longer love her. And Jesse's like, and, Ra- and Rachel's like, do it, motherfucker. <laughs> Break it like you broke my heart. And so then he eggs her, and there's like a doom boom. Yes. And if this, if they were filming this now, this scene would have been set to, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. <laughs> but like in a minor key. No, it would have been set to, I knew you were trouble. But every time she did the woo from lying on the cold hard ground, she'd get hit with another egg. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> Now I want to just go through and, like, re-edit it to have these songs be over the scene. <laughs> but I don't care that much about Glee to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we cut to after an indeterminate amount of time where Rachel has cleaned up and changed. And she says mm-hmm. that she is now having nightmares about the mothers of all the baby chicks coming after her. Yeah, which and I this, is like a, this is, like, a really touching scene. Because she's in, like, the center of a chair circle. And everyone else from New Directions is just sitting there and, like, listening to her empathetically about her experiences i I just pictured rachel in legend of zelda getting attacked by cuckoos oh my gosh i would pay money to see an edit of that just because of the idea of like her making the same noises as link like (laughs) (laughs) that'd be fun anyway they uh once once she gets done with telling them all about how she got egged and stuff uh puck gathers up the guys and every every single one of the guys in in new directions slash privileged misfits including Artie and kurt yeah (laughs) and will comes in he's like what happened and they're like we're gonna go all braveheart vocal adrenaline and will's like violence isn't the answer and puck's like it is when i want to smash in jesse's face and then Kurt gets to say, Rachel's one of us. We are the only ones who get to humiliate her. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Will's like, you all sit down. Uh, we need to be better than them. Uh, they've crossed the line, but we need to show them that we can hit just as hard without doing anything illegal. <laughs> so so he uh, gets Rachel to dial Jesse's number in her phone. And then he picks it up. He's like, Jesse, yeah. this is Will Schuster. Meet us in the auditorium after school on Friday. Mm-hmm. And in the background, Santana says, you didn't delete his number from your phone yet? <laughs> Which was like, good for you, Santana. You got a, you got a line in this episode. <laughs> and then the next scene is Will watching the news because the Cheerios, including Kurt, won Nationals. And there's like a fun little part where like Sue's being interviewed in the foreground in the background you can see Kurt doing like a like a like a big high like a high jump and it was very fun yeah apparently Kurt they were able to win because Kurt did a 14 minute long Celine Dion medley entirely in French mm-hmm mm-hmm and he gets to say vive de France Woo! <laughs> before before doing like a big high front kick and then just jumping out of the frame <laughs> 
And Sue's like, I always win, and I know exactly where I'm going to put this gigantic skyscraper trophy. And then she she leads the Cheerios into Will's apartment. Yep, right that very minute. Yes. And notably, the Cheerios are a male Cheerio and Brittany and Santana. <laughs> and they drop off the trophy and as they walk out, uh, and Sue says, leave us. I think Brittany says, I'm sorry, Mr. Shoe. <laughs> Which is like, oh, Brittany, you didn't do anything wrong in this episode. And then Sue gives Will an ultimatum. Yeah, it's either kiss me with tongue or allow yeah. me to install this trophy in your choir room in a bulletproof glass casing. <sighs> Thankfully, Sue makes the decision for him when she's like, actually, your breath smells bad, so I'm just gonna go ahead and put the trophy up anyway. Thank God. Yeah, because Will was about to go through with it, and then she's like, no, even your breath smells like mediocrity. Yeah. It's finally time for the last number of of this episode. It's finally time for Give Up the Funk. Yes. So, Vocal Adrenaline has arrived in the auditorium, and Rachel's like, you crossed the line, but we're here to show you that we're simply better than you at performing, which is the whole point of being a glee club. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she kind of, like, stalks off to where they have this, like, semi-transparent screen set up because, like, all the kids are, like, silhouetted behind it and stuff and it's got a very, like, tie-dye graphic projected onto it. Yep. Um, and Kurt, star- Kurt starts off this song in a lower mm-hmm. register, but that's his natural yeah. voice. A lot of people don't it realize is. that Kurt had... I mean, Chris Colfer's range has lowered a bit because he went through puberty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, no, he was, he was like 19 when the show started, so he just, you grow older and your vocal cords change a little bit, and so his voice is a little lower. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this, uh, when he comes out and is going, uh, like, uh, what, what, how Rebolf, does it start? Tell like, they rip off the mother sucker. Tell they rip off the sucker. Yeah. Tell they rip off, get it, tell they rip off the mother sucker. That one. Yeah, and he is that low, and they didn't have to do any kind of mm-hmm. auto-tune or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> it was funny because on the, on the Behind the Glee, like, YouTube video for this, most of the comments were like, why didn't they, why didn't anyone talk about how, like, how cool it was that Chris Colfer has that lower register? Yeah. Which is like, it is super cool. Um, and just like, this musical number is very good. I loved it. What did you think? I like, I, mm, I'm thinking that it is the best number of the episode. Although I feel like, so here's the thing about, let's just kind of, as, as we segue into the end, I am going to say that none of the numbers in this episode were bad, but I feel like not a lot of them stood out necessarily. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, I think, let me, do, I'm just going to say right now, I'm going to give my gold star song to give up the funk, tear the roof off the sucker, tear the roof off the sucker. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun because, well, part, it's, I liked it because they, like, it's just a lot of them just having fun. It's it's also not a song where they really have, like, a lead role in it. Like, there's no parts where, like, okay, Rachel is singing lead right now. It's, most of it is sung with, like, the entire group in unison. Yeah, like, there are there's some um, little solos within the song, but mm-hmm. it's, like, just to build background stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah. And aside from that, it's the rest of them just like singing and stuff. And they do the fun thing that, you know, you do at a school dance where like, okay, let's all separate and one person will walk through the rest of us and they'll do a little dance on their own. And it's fun because they all got a whole bunch of solos and like, and Kurt jumped real high and Mike did the splits and had, and Brittany did a flip and, uh, and also their costumes in in this dance number are all extremely like late 80s early 90s Artie has like an entire clock around his neck (laughs) um i'm on the wiki and actually apparently the song is predominantly sang by finn and mercedes and tina huh which is, but, like, there's, because they've got the backing choir going on most of the time, so that, again, like, you barely hear them. It's just to mm-hmm. give a little bit more depth to the sound. Okay, interesting. Um, but yeah, it's a good song. And then yeah. at the end, uh, they're all like, yeah, we did it! And Puck's like, see you at regionals, Vocal Adrenaline, you losers! Um, mm-hmm. And then Vocal Adrenaline is kind of, like, awkwardly sitting in their chairs, and Jesse's like, oh, it's a funk number. We've never been able to pull off a funk number. And then female lead says, that's because we're soulless automatons. And then Jesse mm-hmm. go, just goes, I am so depressed. And then that's how the episode ends. Yeah. Which is like a fun bit of pathos. <laughs> so do you want to hear something wild about this episode? Is it about the episode order? Yes, it is. Would you like to say it then? Yeah, so this episode was almost going to be the 20th episode of season one, not the 21st. Um, Mm -hmm. but they decided to switch them in the broadcast because the Lady Gaga episode, Theatricality, was going to air right after American Idol, so they knew that they would get more lead-in from the American Idol finale, and therefore it'd be easier for them to make their budget back, because they went over budget on that episode. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, but that that also means that some stuff was edited around, and there was originally going to be shots of Jesse dressed as, like, the Lady Gaga red lace situation in Theatricality. Mm -hmm. Okay, that explains it. Another bit of fun trivia from the Wikipedia page is that, like, according to Ryan Murphy, he kind of framed Glee around three pivotal relationships. Rachel and Finn, Will and Emma, and Will and Sue. So I guess one out of three for this episode ain't too bad. Yeah. I I can see him thinking that Will and Emma was going to be more pivotal at the beginning, but that one just kind of... But I think by the end, it was... Rachel and Finn and it, Kurt and Blaine and Brittany and Santana. Good. But of course, you couldn't have predicted that, necessarily. Yeah, that's true. Also, I don't know when he said that, because I didn't think to check the citations. Yeah, probably in some kind of interview. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah. I'd just been like, I don't know when he said that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, female lead does have a name. Oh, does she? Her name is Giselle. Oh! Her name is never stated in the series. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. But yeah, good for her. Good for Giselle. So, Tanner, yes. since I started, you get to pick first. Well, I already, you already kind of said it. I already said what so, my Gold Star song is, and I feel like you agree? Yes, yes, I also agree. All right. And it it has the slight edge over It's a Man's 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 World, because Give Up the Funk had good vocals and a good performance. Yes. Um. So what's your, what's your best, then? Or do you want to do worst first? Um. No, I I think my Gold Star moment is the Quinn Mercedes scene, but pretty much all the runner-offs were just the really good one-liners. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I am also going to give my best to uh, the Quinn and Mercedes scene, but my runner-up is just, like, the team unity that the kids display throughout the entire episode. <laughs> like, oh, hey, we're all gonna, we're all gonna band together in the face of this, uh, in the face of this dumbness from, and harassment from vocal adrenaline. And when Rachel gets hurt, all of us are gonna go seek revenge upon her. Or, re- seek revenge for her, not upon her. <laughs> um... But yeah, thinking about it, uh, who wrote this one? Ian, right? Yeah. I feel like Ian writes Sue better than Ryan Murphy does. Yeah. They're not, they're not, like, Ryan does maybe better, like, just completely, like, refuge in audacity, like, one-liners for Sue, but then Ian is maybe better at hitting that blend of like that blend of vitriol and pathos that we got to see in this episode. Yeah. So what's your worst? <laughs> My worst is going to be the weird situation with Terry and Finn with her picturing him as Will and getting that gl- that glimmer of um badness. Just because mm-hmm. if they had framed it better, if they had framed that small little piece of the subplot better, then it could have been mm-hmm. real cute. Or not, maybe not cute, yeah. but like palatable. Mm-hmm. But instead mm-hmm. it's just Terry being creepy for no reason. Not even irrelevant to the episode reason. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, t- yeah I'm, I'm writing it in as Terry being creepy. Sounds good. And I'm sorry to tell you that I'm going to have to break our streak of agreeing on things for this episode because my worst, my worst is Will's seduction of Sue. Because <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a terrible thing to do in universe and out of universe. It was terrible for me to experience. That's fair. And also, also to be fair to you, we it's been a while since we both agreed on anything. I feel like part of that though is that we're both like, oh hey. I, we both liked these two separate things, or we both hated these two separate things. So you take one and I'll take the other. Oh, that's true. That we... way then we'll both address them. <laughs> we'd rather, there are times when we'd rather give, we would rather each give an award to one, to a really good thing than to just give the award to the same really great thing. Yeah. We'd rather cover more bases. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the episode. Yeah. Woo, we did it. We done did it. All right. So, Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network, and we can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice. And if we aren't there, let us know, and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me on Pod on Twitter and through Loser Like Me Pod at gmail.com. And also, if you check and also. a pinned tweet or a tweet, some, somewhere there's a pinned tweet. On I, If it's not pinned, I'll make sure it's pinned by the time this episode goes out. But if you check our pinned tweet, I think it we is have pinned. a Discord now. We do! So this Uh, is the Corner Podcast Network Discord. Yes, so if you are interested in talking um, about Loser Like Me, or if you are also interested in talking about podcasts like Faithful, and Not If I Reboot You First, and The Home for Reboot OCs, uh, which are all properties that Tanner and I work on in in various capacities, uh, all of those are there as well. Um, And then the other order of business is that this episode and the previous episode were both edited by your friend and ours, Lena. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for doing that, Lena. Thank you again, Lena. Um, a crit events blast? Uh, 
a current events blast is just please, 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 everyone keep keep wearing your mask, keep washing your hands. Um, but North America is currently facing the onslaught of the new of coronavirus version zero point two point one. Um, so I'm adding patch notes to it like I'm an Apple app. Um, <laughs> coronavirus Turbo Remix. Oh no. Um. But the things that have not changed no, no, are that the best... No, coronavirus 2.8 fragmentary passage. Oh, no. No, Squeeze, you cannot do that to us. Here's the, here's the thing. Um, the coronavirus UK strain is... It, it's not so different from current coronavirus that it is going to subvert the vaccine. So it is just... Can, keep, Hallelujah. Keep acting pr- properly with your mask yes, and you're washing properly. the hands. Yes, and I've heard that you need to be extremely careful about ma- maintain even more distance than you were before because this thing goes farther. Um, I haven't maintained any kind of distance since that started because I work in retail, so it's completely untenable, which is why yeah. do the mask thing. Yes, exactly. Because here's the thing, if, um, if you wear the mask, like distance helps, but if you wear the mask, then the distance is as is not as much of a priority. Yes, yeah. Um, so also, if if any of you are uh, have the option to get your COVID vaccine, if if you need our blessing, this is our blessing. Go for yeah. it. Yeah, F- find out how and where and when you can get your COVID COVID vaccine done. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, it sounds like it's just a free for all, depending on your state, really. Mm-hmm. But if you have the option, seize it. And if you have the ability to pass that information on to other people, do that too. Um, mm-hmm. I know for yeah. me, I can't even really start thinking about it until maybe March. Yeah, same. Because the, the the part that the part that sucks is that like my my job and my industry is not and my workplace is not one where really anyone's going to have much a priority to get the vaccine earlier so most of us will probably not be receiving it until my guess is like may or june yeah like see i i get to go a bit faster in my province because i am an essential worker but since i'm not a like medical Mm -hmm. essential worker like because they're that's all they're looking at in the first quarter is medical staff and senior citizens Mm -hmm. that sounds about right yeah um or that sounds right for the u.s yeah but i think like i think if i call my health authority Starting in March, I might be able to get a, a better ballpark, and I don't even know if mm-hmm. I need to book something or if I can just walk in. But that's the thing; like, this is the information you want to start finding out. Uh, yes, start, please do your own research. Keep, keep an eye on stuff and find out when it's best tenable. Um, the other thing mm-hmm. is that I mean, uh, this might be outdated by the time this episode comes out, but uh, probably there, there's not. a there's a lot of talk um, about um, minimum wage and universal basic income. So, oh, yes. like, obviously you support outdated. your politicians and call them out if they're against it and support them if they're for it. And uh, mm-hmm. when people point out, when people say stuff like, oh, Taco Bell is going to cost $9 if you raise the minimum wage, point out the fact that prices have gone up without minimum wage going up. So there's clearly no relation. Mm-hmm. Um, the mm-hmm. price has barely changed in places that do have a high minimum wage. And mm-hmm. you know what? They wouldn't have to go up if instead of taking that money out of you, they took that money out of their CEOs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I think this is the first episode that we've recorded since uh, January 6th. Yeah. <laughs> or 7th. So um, if you're listening to this and uh, you agree in any capacity with the people 
who uh, with the with the I don't remember if, if the you agree with the seditionists ter- and the terrorists that stormed the Capitol, stop that. Yes. And stop yes. listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you have the opportunity. Yeah. We are <laughs> we are not interested in your in your uh, patronage of our podcast. If you agree with that. If you have the opportunity to catfish a terrorist on Bumble, do so. Absolutely do that. All right. Yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> next time. Yeah, I think next time is the season bummer. finale. Hallelujah! We made it. It only took us almost a year from recording, <laughs> and we're almost there. Almost there. Come the mountain and cross the river, and I'm almost there. I haven't seen it in so long, so I'm sorry if I'm not singing that right. <laughs> I don't even know what song you're trying to sing to begin with. <laughs> almost there from Princess and the Frog. I haven't seen Princess and the Frog yet. It's very good. Okay. We should do a movie. It came out at a time where cartoons were for babies. Unless they were anime. (laughs) Oh, no. That's the same reason I never saw Ratatouille or Cars. I mean, I'm not going to be upset at you for not having watched Cars. I've seen Cars 2. It was bad. I've seen Cars 3. It rips. Huh. Okay. But we're not talking about Cars 3 next week. Next week, we're taking a journey to regionals. Yes. Can you guess what the musical theme is going to be? Cars. <laughs> vroom vroom. Mazda tribute episode. Yes. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Three. Two. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how many fingers to hold up. You're like three. No, no. Wait, how many fingers is four? Let me let me take my hair ties off my hand. Yeah, take your fidgets off. <laughs> Three. Two. One, and that's, and that's what, you, what missed you missed on Glee. Glee. I almost flipped you off there. I thought you were going to flip me off, too. I'm so sorry! <laughs> they, they counted down, like, okay, let's hold up a middle ring and pinky finger, and then middle finger and ring finger, and then thumb. <laughs> I saved it. Oh, oh god. <laughs> oh, you beautiful idiot. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm ending this before I make any more mistakes. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me.